Hey guys, on today's podcast, we have Utah State men's basketball head coach, Craig Smith. It'll be just him on the pod today. Um, Jason and I will be back next week with a new pod, but for now, enjoy head coach Craig Smith. From the campus of Utah State University, we bring you the Statesman Sports Desk Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Statesman Sports Desk Podcast. I'm Dalton Renshaw. As always, I'm here with Jason Walker. And today we have a very special guest. We have head coach Craig Smith of the Utah State basketball team. It's a pleasure to have you in, coach. Thank you. I'm not sure very describes me. Very special. Oh, very, very. Uh, can you share that with my wife? Just let her know. Like, we'll, you know we'll that's why we got link. married 24 years ago, uh, almost 24. But thanks for having me. It's always yeah. a pleasure, and uh, it's great to see you guys. It's been it's been a few months, and yeah. I was actually just thinking about that today. We had a workout this morning, and um, you know our last game was March 22nd. So I'm no rocket scientist, but March, April, May, June. It's been you know almost coming up on four yeah. months months yeah. now and then i started thinking about ahead like you know we start last year we started practice september 28th so like we're our our off it's season is in. over halfway done yeah already and it's it's uh hard to imagine but it's been fantastic and so thanks for having me on yeah, yeah. i mean you're still keeping busy aren't you um you know it's uh nothing is like last year although you know when you first get hired million things going on and everybody always thinks about the professional side of it so you're you're recruiting and you know guys are transferring out and, and and you're trying to bring new people in and you're building relationships with your players but then every university has a whole different set of protocol like how does this yeah. our athletic department operate who is this person who's this person so on and so forth and then you're building relationships with players and you're trying to get a new style of play and then for your players and i said it after one of the games but you know terminology there's some terminology that's the same or similar but then there's some other ones that it's almost like learning a whole new language quite frankly and we're kind of unique in our language in itself so the guys have to really kind of learn another language in a lot of ways and our new guys are going through that right now and so you have all that stuff but then you also have the personal side mm -hmm. where you're moving your wife and for us four kids and you're trying to buy a house and and where are they going to go to school and just all those things that come into play. It really is a whirlwind. And then this year has been a lot different in some respects. Um, you know, recruiting, we actually, everybody's like, well, you return so much. And we do return a lot in terms of playing experience. But when you look at the sheer numbers, um, we have, as of today, we have 15 guys on our roster, um, seven new um, student athletes, uh, and we return eight guys. But when you look at those eight guys, two of those guys, Roche and, and Clay Stahl, those two guys were out with knee injuries. So, yes, they've been in the program, but they've really had no reps of anything. Yeah. Um, even last summer they didn't work. Oh, well, Clay did for three weeks, and then he rolled his ankle and then and then his knee. So, And Roche didn't get any reps. So, so really, in terms of game experience, we only returned six guys. Now those six guys played an awful lot. Oh, so yeah. that's, that's the silver lining there, right? So... But it's been all of that, and Namiyash going through the NBA Combine, and maybe you're going to ask about that, but I'll beat you to the punch. <laughs> uh, but that was, a, I think, a fantastic experience for, for him. It was a great experience for us as a coaching staff. I think we, we built a lot of fantastic – and we've had a, a good network with NBA personnel, whether it was GMs or scouts or what have you. 
Um, but obviously that's times 10, you know, now. Um, and just kind of going through that whole pro process was, I think, very, very good uh, all the way around. I think it was eye-opening for Nimi, but, you know, he'd have to speak more to that. But certainly, you know, everyone's like, I bet you're happy to have him back. And, and we are. But at the end of the day, like we always said, and it's the truth, we just want what's best for Nimi yeah. with whatever that is. And to make the an educated decision and a decision based on long-term because we've seen it a million times now, I shouldn't say a million, but there's a there's so many examples out there where guys go, and it happens and so much just, more often yes. nowadays. I mean, just you just got to think big picture and think long term and 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 follow your heart too. But but understand what you know. Take good advice from whoever that's yeah. from. And so the NBA, you know, one good thing that they do is uh, well, there's many good things. I feel like the process has really come a long ways. This year was the first year you could actually sign with an agent. Uh, and there's a certain set of rules and protocol that you got to abide by. Mm -hmm. um, but but you send in your paperwork and the NBA sends it out to every to all, I think, 30 teams. And they give their feedback of where they would project at that given time where they would be drafted if drafted at all. So, you know, top half of the first round, bottom half of the first round, top half of the second round, bottom half of the second round or undrafted. And so they get some accurate feedback and they'll do that a couple times through that process. So. Um, so anyway, you know, Nimi's back. I, I love our guys, our seven new guys. Um, it's a bit of a learning curve for those guys. But the difference this year is we have those returners that are, are intelligent and and um, are great teammates. And, and not only is our coaching staff coaching those guys, but our players are really able to help them out and understand, like, what we're looking for. And so um, it's been exciting. Um um, to say the least, it's been, a, I, I can't believe it's the middle of March and now we go recruiting, um, You're right back out there, right back out there yeah. on, uh, on, on Thursday. And we'll be in four different cities in four days, wow. um, looking at guys. And then I'm actually going to be, um, going to watch, uh, Namish play. He's playing with the FIBA, yeah. uh, U 20 team out in, uh, in Portugal. So we'll be able to see that a little bit and then come back for a couple of days and then back on the road recruiting. So be awesome. um, so it beats working for a living, right? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's going to be head grass, basketball coach. I mean, the only thing better is doing what you guys do. Yeah, that's, that's why we, we, we just get a watch. We don't have to do all the. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. All you got to do is talk, and you can talk nonsense, and you oh, can yeah. talk basketball day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you mentioned Kate, and I, I kind of noticed a few weeks ago when he just started the tournament. You also have Sean Barstow, who was playing in the QBO. What's it like having these guys playing internationally? And a lot of these guys, they're almost kind of similar to college, where they're playing. Men are, I guess, Kate is playing like 19-year-olds, but there's peers. Yeah. What's it like having these guys play international competition? Do you feel like that benefits what they'll end up doing here? Like, what's your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, Namish has done that, um, and obviously he's doing that now. Sean Barristow has done that. Uh, Liam McChesney has done, has played at that level as well. So uh, we have some guys that have, have, have done that. I think certainly when you're playing against people that are bigger, faster, stronger, you get acclimated to the sheer strength and physicality, so you have an idea of what's going on. Uh, generally speaking, I think you have good coaching, so they've been taught well and they understand some different things and um, and bring that to the table. So, and then on top of that, just the experience of being able to play against you know you can't it's hard to put a price tag on what it's like to play and win a conference tournament championship game. It's hard to put a a, a price tag on what it feels like to play in the NCAA tournament. You can imagine it and you can think about it. And you can see that and go through all that stuff as much as you want. 
but going through that's a whole nother deal and you can't it's very difficult to replicate that and you know i said that last year on many post game in different interviews throughout the season because we were so inexperienced last year with only having four guys that have ever averaged even seven points a game and then you have a team that had only won two row games and so there's there's things that go into that and you got to earn confidence you got to earn everything in life but but you got to put yourself out there and go through that to see what that feels like and how do you respond right and and so um so going through those kind of things and playing at that level of competition i think is incredibly beneficial beneficial the hardest part with that is you know the off season such a great time to really hone your game and work on your game and and it's it's also the time you put on the most strength mm. you know being being in the weight room and adding girth right and right the right muscle mass yeah. and really loading up on cal- calories and the way we train lifting four days a week and it's not I mean, it's not like we're Tony Atlas out there, but <laughs> like we want to, you know, get bigger, faster, stronger. Sure. And it's very difficult to do that during the season. It's more maintenance and maintain, trying to maintain strength and keep body weight on and keep the right muscle mass. So that's the hardest part when you're doing that is being able to get um, the proper lifting done and, and that sort of thing, you know, um, during this time. So you mentioned that, um, you know, this kind of time is almost like a transition period in the next season. You do all that lifting and everything. You lost a couple guys, obviously, with Torian and crew. Mm-hmm. But Jason and I were talking earlier that we feel like the pieces that you put together in recruiting this offseason kind of fit exactly what your team needed. Do you feel like you have all the pieces to kind of move into next season and you feel stable about where you're at? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, and Ben Fakira also decided to go back to uh, Sydney and he's done yeah. playing basketball and he's just – change his major and now he, he wants to be a teacher and a coach which is great that's awesome for him and you wish him nothing but the best so that's what, it, what there's a lot there's even though we only have the two seniors you know um we have a lot of new faces and so we're you, well, i think one thing that'll really um stand out when you watch us is i think we're very versatile we're really big we're, we'll have with shoes on, we have three seven footers. Nimi measured in at six eleven without shoes, seven foot with shoes. Uh, Kuba, uh, and I'm not a, even I butcher his last name all the time. It ends in a ski, and I should know. Like I grew up in a very Polish community, yeah. I should know know all these. My wife, yeah. Anyway, um, I should have it down, but he's a legitimate seven one seven two. Um, so and, and then um, Trevin, we just added on as well as a legitimate seven seven one. And he's actually like, I'm really fired up about him. So, uh, but then you just look up and down our lineup, you know, Sam Merrill, as of today is our second shortest guy. And Sam is a legitimate six, four and a half to six, five. So mm-hmm. we have very good size. I like our athleticism and we have a lot of versatility. I think we can really throw different players into a lot of different positions and um, our new guys. I mean, really all of our new guys that we've added really fit our style of play and how we play. And so um, I, I'm still astounded when we walk into workouts and I'm just like, Everyone's like so just much feel like we're just staring up to, you know, yeah. it's, it's a, and I, there, we even took a team picture the other day and yeah. like, uh, like Clay Stahl is a legitimate 6'10", 6'11", and he doesn't look nearly that big <laughs> on this yeah. year's team. So, yeah. so we have a lot of new faces um, um, in our program. A lot of guys, you know, people are, well, where is this guy going to fit in? Where in this guy? And I just, I don't know yet. You know what I mean? Like, 
Um, I, it's just to be determined. Every year is a new entity, and every year you don't know who's gonna. If you would, you know a year ago at this time, or even in December, Justin Bean was playing the least minutes on our team. Yeah. And by the end of the year, in that conference tournament championship, he was playing a ton of minutes. So mm. you just don't know who's gonna really catch on. It's you, we do a lot of individual workouts right now. Certainly, we do some five on five. Um, but it's funny how some guys can look like a million dollars in in an individual skill development. And you throw them in the five on five and they just kind of disappear. But then you have the other guys that look pretty average in, in individual skill development workouts. And then all of a sudden you throw them in five on five and they're just like, whoa. Yeah. You know, they're like gangbusters, whether it's just their feel for the game, <clears throat> right place at right time, um, or just unbelievable competitive spirit where you just can't help but miss yeah. the guy, you know? So there's a lot of variables that come into play. I remember you telling me or talking about that last season about Justin Bean, where it's like early in the season, you saw some things, but he just kind of wasn't putting it all together. How do you get to that point? Like, is it something that you just have to coach a little extra or do you just kind of see it progress during the season and you know when it's ready? I think it's all of the above. Um, you know, Bean always was um, a very, very um, diligent worker. Like he, you'd walk into the Estes, go into our offices or like I kind of randomly, sometimes I'll run around the, what do you call it? The, the, yeah, the where they serve the ice cream in the spectrum. And yeah, the consen- yeah. What a cord, not cord or whatever it's called. Uh, I'm not a thesaurus, <laughs> but uh, you guys are supposed to help me out with that stuff. But um, I'm a wordsmith writing down. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you get me speaking, that's when I start flubbing English. I can't do it <laughs> that's properly. how it works. Yeah. Um, um, so, so anyway, but he, he was all like he was in there a lot and working on his jumper and tightening up his handle and um, he used to screw up a lot of different things defensively and, and but he's such a great person he's an intelligent guy you could just see he get so mad at himself mm-hmm. like but he would never blame anybody like that the one he would never. And, and every now and then I'm going to throw things out there like, Justin, what, how did you not, you know, and I'll do this to what Diogo, Sam, Brock, doesn't able, doesn't matter who it is. And it's always funny because some guys aren't afraid to blame somebody else. Yeah. Well, I didn't hear him or, well, he didn't do that. Or in, in, in Bean is one of those guys that will never, ever throw anyone else under the bus, whether he screwed it up or not, he would take the, take the responsibility yeah. or bite the bullet. Right. Like yeah. do and, 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 and so I always think there's something to people that have like that kind of integrity or wherewithal. He's such a great teammate, but at the end of the day, he was just always in the gym. Mm. And so when you're around players or people that work incredibly hard and maybe they're not quite getting it right away, it's just, they're going to figure it out eventually. Yeah. It's just a matter of when, and I've said it many times, you know, early on last year, we had like six games in 10 or 12 days. And so it was hard to get good practice time. And so you're throwing them out there and, and, you know, I mean, Quinn and Dwayne and we had some guys that had played that position, but once we really settled into December and started getting practice time, you could see him really kind of climbing And And I, I lead practice every day. And I know I've said this a few different times now, but I would go home and I would tell my wife, why are we not playing Abel Porter more? And why are we not playing Justin Bean more? And she's like, well, you're, you're, you're a fool. You're an idiot. Like, uh, who makes those decisions? Yeah. Aren't you the head coach? And it just was kind of a crystallizing moment. And I would go to our staff and, and we finally kind of made that decision, obviously like, you know, early to mid January. And like our staff did say with Bean is you're just, he, at the end of the day, he's still a freshman. 
And obviously he served his mission for two years and he had a red shirt year, but still like we were talking about, it's hard to put a price tag on those experiences. Like he, he kind of had some growing pains, like the conference tournament championship game against San Diego state. And I think we were up five and Diogo got a rebound and we, 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 Break it, and some guy comes running from behind and pokes the ball out of bounds, and now it's our ball on an end out, a baseline out of bounds play, and we get it in 20 seconds on the shot clock or 22 or whatever, and we're just trying to milk the clock, mm-hmm. right, because we're up five, and and we get a ball reversal, and Bean fires a three up with 17 <laughs> seconds on the clock. We're like, Bean, what are you doing? <laughs> like, ooh, I want to, you know. And, and, and so, uh, I think Diogo chased down the offensive rebound, <laughs> and then they fouled Sam. And Sam made two to go up seven. They miss, you know what I mean? And we yeah. we win the game. But Bean is like, Coach, I heard somebody yelling three, two. And I'm like, Bean, you see the big square above the backboard. <laughs> like, not the backboard, but the thing above the backboard with the yeah. numbers yeah. counting down. That's a shot clock. And that's how much time you have left to shoot. And he just kind of shook his head and smiled, you know, but it's one of those things we laugh at right now. (laughs) Yeah. But sometimes you have those kind of freshman moments, right? But the point is we trusted him. He was out there and he was a player and, and, and you, but you know what you could, we talk about Bean, and everyone likes to talk about Bean and he's a fan favorite Bean burrito. And, you know, but you really, how far, um, Diogo Brito came and Brock Miller came and Abel Porter and all those guys. That's the whole team. I could literally go down the whole gamut, right? And so when you're a freshman, it's a it's a whole new learning curve. When you're a new guy, it's a new everything's so new. And and those six guys have played a lot of minutes together. So now you're trying to develop a chemistry of, you know, with Liam McChesney and Sean Barstow and Alfonso Anderson and Cuba and you know what I mean? And, and Clay and Roe and just the whole, right, Trevin and, yeah. and just the whole um, crew that way. We added Marco Anthony, who's a transfer from Virginia, who has to sit out this year per NCAA rules, and then he'll have two years to play. So um, it's really exciting. It's uh, fresh for everybody right now, and and we just got to keep on building um, our chemistry. And, and our motto is just let's get, get better every day. And I know it's cliche-ish. We said it last year. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have asked, um, well, now this year you're the hunted and, and last year you were the hunter. And it's like, that's just, to me, that's, I get it. And everybody goes by that. And I understand that. And we'll have more of a target on our back, but pressure is a privilege. It's what you make of it. Um, we dealt with that last year. We won the league in the regular, we had a target on our back in the conference tournament, right? Like, so you have all that stuff, but at the end of the day, none of that stuff matters and you got to eliminate the noise and all the social media and all that matters is let's get better and let's control what we can control. And I know that's not juicy stuff for all the fans <laughs> and you guys, like I understand that. But I mean, it's but evident it, when you watch what happened last year. Yeah. Like none of that stuff, it's all peripheral. It doesn't affect anything with how we perform unless you want it to, or unless you really buy into all the hype, you know what I mean? And yeah. start right. reading those press clippings. But you know what? Last year we didn't read all the press clipping, clippings and believe that we were the ninth best team. And I've said it many times, like it's always impossible until uh, an individual or a group of people make it possible. And and you got to have thick skin and a strong backbone and you got to be mentally tough to do that. And so um, we're excited for the challenges ahead of us this year. Yeah. So you mentioned all these guys that were able to kind of step up last year, you know, the walk-ons, and just all the guys who were able to step up as freshmen, Nimish Keita. Do you think the incoming people seeing that, that kind of motivates them knowing like, if I perform, then I can do well on this team because that's 
what everyone did basically last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, recruiting, it's not as um, – a lot goes into recruiting. So, it, I mean, obviously you got to be able to identify their talent level because obviously if they're not talented enough or they don't fit your style of play, you're not going to, you know, even waste any time recruiting right. them. So you're always evaluating them. And there's so many things that go into that piece of it. And, like, when it comes to the recruiting part, there's going to be guys that are really good players for us that might not be as good somewhere else. But there's, but like vice versa, there's going to be guys that are very good players elsewhere that maybe might not be quite as good for us because of styles of play. And you can look at different NBA guys that have played for a certain franchise and maybe have struggled, and then all of a sudden they go to another um, um, – team, team yeah. and all of a sudden like whoa where'd this guy come from or the other way around you know there's going to be guys that really flourish under that team but maybe really struggle they sign a big deal and all of a sudden they struggle at another style of play so yeah. i think you got to really evaluate um how how they play what is your need right you're always you know you have 13 full scholarships and at our level you can't divide that in any way shape or form yeah. you can for certain sports you can't for men's basketball um, um, and so, and then you got to really look at like, what is their personality type and what, uh, how driven are they? Do they, if you took basketball away from them, would it, how much would it hurt them? You know what I mean? And some people would be like, oh, I'm fine. And some people literally would just be at their core, like, uh, and just be distraught about yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Because it's their passion. And so you got to find that about, and then I really believe too, you got to look at like, Will they will they thrive in Cache Valley, right? Or is it going to be a struggle for them? And whether it's you know whether it's in Cache Valley or Los Angeles, it's it's the same thing. Like some people are going to thrive here; they're going to really struggle living in L.A., right? And you or but it's the other way around. You know, some are going to really thrive in L.A. and they're going to really struggle here. So it just it just so there's a lot of things that you really got to kind of account for and and factor in the play. Yeah. And, uh, and that's where building relationships with the recruiting piece. But we want guys that are competitors. And, and, and I think our guys, it's funny because some of these guys signed before the season even started or committed. Yeah. And, um, and it's interesting. And we said a million times last year, we don't exactly know what we have because we're all new to each other and, and our system is so different. Now we know what some of the guys can do, but it's been fun to see. There's no doubt some of our guys have improved in the last four and a half four months or so that's it's yeah. easy to see that and if you're not getting better and you're just staying the same you know you are getting worse honestly so but it's been fun to see some of the improvement with our guys but um we fully expect our new guys to make an impact um um some will be more than ever others it's just a matter of you know to be to be determined yeah so i know we're kind of running out of time here and we we appreciate you having coming on again but I have one Next more time, question. can I get a headset like you guys have? Yeah, you want one? Yeah, I mean, like... I, I don't mean, really want to hear this myself. This is an amazing setup. Mine. No, I don't want to hear myself. <laughs> it's a pretty cool setup you got in here. Yeah, we're working on it. We're going we're gonna to get a, a bigger facility, too. Yeah. So yeah, next time we yeah, have you on, it'll be so. even more luxurious. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Maybe we'll get you a couch and you know, yeah. some uh, drinks or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's the biggest upgrade I want, is I want better chairs. I'm not well suited for these chairs. <laughs> yeah. We have three different kind of chairs, yeah. it looks like, in here. And he does. this dude over here doesn't even have a chair. He's hanging he's out. He's a new one, yeah. yeah. He's hanging out. But so I, I have one more question for you. You always talk about how you love history. You're a history major. Yeah. It's all about where you've been, where you are, where you're going. So where do you see yourself going? Like in 2019, where, what are you trying to do? What are you focused on? 
I mean, again, you're going to hate this answer, but like truly, <laughs> I mean, we have incredibly high expectations and as we should. And, you know, all these different rankings and all this other stuff. I said it last year, you know, we were ranked nine, but rankings don't mean anything uh, because you got to go earn it. And, and so you got to earn everything. But what it does show you is the respect that you that your program has earned, you know, over whatever yeah. certain period of time. And so that's what was really exciting last year. And our guys gained a lot of valuable experiences that, that I think they're going to really be able to draw back on. But, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. You know, Pat Riley had a great book that came out a long time ago, The Disease of Me. Mm. And, and, and a lot of people, whether, you know, so many people will say, you know, when you're starting out in whatever business it is or, you know, two young guys like yourself and you're just starting your journey to where you're, where you're going to go in 20 years, you're going to look back and just smile at like, man, I look back and I, you know, like, man, I was really stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot <laughs> of people argue does. I still am stupid and that's okay. But, but it's about the process and the curve. And it's so funny how the journey goes and the climb. And sometimes you, you go from, you know, like you're just fighting like crazy just to win a game. Cause mm -hmm. it, people forget it is so incredibly difficult to win. Um, at, at our level, it is how many games come down to eight points or less. It's, it's startling. Well, that's a three to four possession game, right? Yeah. So like, and, and so you're just fighting for survival and then you start getting some confidence and then you feel like you probably are the better team, but how does that affect you mentally? Are you, are you the, the disease of me? Are you more worried about playing time versus the team's success? Are you more worried about, okay, I'm getting the playing time. Now I got to get mine. Right. Uh, you're worried about how many points you're getting, how many shot attempts you're getting. And now you start thinking, oh, coach has got me playing at the wrong position. <laughs> like, so it, but it's that stuff happens all the time. And you can look at it, whether it's football, college football, NFL, but, but it doesn't matter the sport. You have the disease of me and people start losing or business. Right now, all of a sudden, this person's making more money and now they start comparing yourself to each other. Like in comparisons, right. the thief of joy. And so if you're more worried about, well, why is my colleague making more money than I am? Well, that's, well, you know what? Are you happy with your salary? Like, are you good with it? You took the job, right? So right. are you right. like, that's, that's on you then. Like, you know what I mean? And so anyway, there's a lot of these peripheral things that can come into play and that's right. Going to be a big thing is like the disease of me. So what are our, expect I, we have incredibly high expectations. The sky's the limit. I've always been a believer. Like, why would you ever put a limitation on yourself? Why would you ever put a limitation on anything you do? Um, but the key is like, what's your focus, right? How are you locked in? Uh, what's your mentality as a, as a player, as a team? And I've just seen it too many times. I've seen, seen preseason ranked top 25 teams, not even get to the NIT. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and you can look at certain teams, certain programs in any sport and you look at all the talent, like why, why are they not better? You know, and it was pretty easy to see why we had a good team last year is obviously we had some talent. But we were really a connected team. Very, you know, what I think we finished 11th in the country in assists. Ninth. Uh, yeah. Was it ninth? ninth yeah. Um, Give yourself of, some credit, coach. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> I actually told some people in South Dakota that we were ninth, uh -oh. but I was like, man, maybe I'm exaggerating yeah. a little maybe bit. Maybe I mean, might need to double check that. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. But, um, and then we were top five in the country in, in, a, in defensive rebounding and two point field goal defense. So we did some really, really good things. So, um, but that just because we did it last year doesn't mean it's going to happen this year. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things that come into play, but mm -hmm. we got to do our best as a coach coaching staff to redefine ourselves and constantly, 
you know, be there for our guys and, and coach them up every day. And uh, it's been fun though. We had like, we had three workouts this morning and uh, the first workout group was Sam Merrill, Abel Porter, Diogo Brito, Brock Miller, um, Carson Bischoff. So those five and, and they get done and their workout was six forty-five to seven thirty, And then the next group was at seven thirty to eight fifteen, And it was fun to see all, all those guys stuck around and watch that whole workout and encouraging their teammates and helping, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and when, when you have that group who's been there, you know, that that's a big core of us last year and they're there helping our new guys out, encouraging them and talking to them. Like that's a, that's an exciting thing to see, you know, obviously as the, as the head coach. So, you know, hopefully we'll get a great crowds again. We're still working on our schedule. Uh, we have some really, uh, a few, some good teams on the schedule. Sch scheduling has been very difficult, hmm. quite frankly. <laughs> um, so to say the least, well, you were too good uh, last year. People well, don't it's, play. um, it's been difficult. So <laughs> we're working diligently. I promise you. In fact, on my drive over here, um, Eric Peterson is kind of spearheads the scheduling. He texts me because we, we were supposed to have a contract hmm. signed with another school, and we just got a text today. Sorry, coach, we're dropping out. We got to play someone else. Hmm. It's like, oh, okay, like here <laughs> we go. Easy. But that's part of the, that's just part of the deal. So we're hoping to get that thing going. But um, you know, hopefully, we the the way um, the end of our uh, we had a end of the year um, what do you call it party so to speak. Yeah. Uh, just getting all of our guys together and kind of a brought some closure to our seniors and the guys, you know, that decided yeah. to transfer out. But Justin Johnson, who's our film guy on our staff, and he put together like a 48 minute um, um, kind of a highlight tape, I guess oh, wow. you could say. Most of it was home games, but you could see, you know, the first game of the year, Hartford. And we had a solid crowd, um, um, but not unbelievable. And then the next game, Utah Valley, good crowd. Yeah. And then, or no, next game was Mississippi Valley state, uh, below average crowd, which I, I get. Uh, and then, uh, Utah Valley, good crowd, but it was funny how it was almost like a crescendo where mm -hmm. every game it was like, and our players really noticed it. They're like, wow, yeah. it was kind of a crystallized, like, whoa, I can't believe how more and more and more and more. And we probably see that a lot more than they see that. You know what I'm saying? Sure, yeah. Or you feel that for sure. And yeah. certainly it, you know, was a resounding end of the year, you know, with this, that, that week was San Diego state on a Tuesday night yeah. and Nevada on a Saturday. And, um, I mean, you had to buy tickets like a month in advance for those. I know. And yeah. that's how it should be. Right. We right. want to have a great demand and we want it to be an event. We want it to be an event yeah. where the community and the fans and the young children and the, um, um, yeah, I want our guys to be what every five-year-old aspires to be and what eight, every 85-year-old remember he once was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and to create that excitement and get it back there where, you know, guys like Sam Merrill talk about coming to the game since he was five years old and that was his dream. And and not to get too deep, but that's what we talk about with our guys. Like, like you guys are building a legacy and, and all these kids that come to these games, like they want to be like you and they look up to you and every single thing that you do is magnified and they go home and they tell, you know, they're playing with their friends yeah. and they're in the driveway and I'm Sam Merrill and I'm Brock Miller and I'm Mimi and I'm Justin Bean. And I, you know what I mean? And, um, that's a pretty cool thing to do. And that's a big responsibility to have, you know, if you truly care about that. And I think that's, what's one of the exciting things about our group is they do care about that stuff. Yeah. So just kind of add, cause you're, now the fans are going to be coming to the games early on expecting you to be good. So yeah, I guess it's just it's more pressure along with the national. Well, pressure. you know what? It, it's uh, there's always pressure. 
Um, well, there's got to be some pride in that as well. Yeah, I've said, and I've said this, uh, like pressure is a privilege, but there's a lot of pressure no matter how you look at it. There's pressure to win, but you know what? When you're not very good, there's a lot of pressure to like, when you're when you're looking at like oh gosh can we win 10 games yeah. there's a lot of pressure on that because the, the, you know you, you finally get a game you feel like you can win and it's like man if we don't win this game <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so there there's pressure no matter how you look at it um but that, i think that's the key is like you you can't worry about all that other stuff you just go be the best that you can and find a way to win and you know what i mean and having a great home court's a huge advantage you know when you get the spectrum rocking the way it can and how loud it is and the way that sound goes sound goes from the top to the bottom oh yeah um you can it's feel just it. a, it's an, a you can feel it it's, it's really that's the best it. way to phrase it is you can like michael jackson says you can feel it oh yeah is that a song he has? <laughs> does it feel uh, beat it i don't know yeah, well <laughs> he has a song beat, but like can, can you feel it can that's you, how oh, it goes. yeah yeah can you feel it so yeah. um yeah yeah we can feel it baby Heck yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's quite the pressure like physical pressure when that sounds oh, yeah. going in so do a good job coach yeah well thank you <laughs> uh you know it's exciting we wanted to bring the spectrum magic back and certainly it's um it's everybody being involved and in, in putting on a uh, a great product whether it's your style of play and obviously winning cures a lot of sure, different things sure. but having guy having a program where your fans can really respect how you play and how hard you play and how unselfish you play and having people having great people in your program that that our fans can identify with makes a huge thing. We just got done with our basketball camps not too long ago, and we had some great numbers. And it's because our, our our players do such a great job working those camps, and all those little kids running up there. I, yeah. Justin Bean's my coach, and you know, <laughs> uh, Alfonso Anderson's my coach, and like so. Anyway, it's kind of it's yeah, kind of a awesome. cool thing. Well, but yeah, they really connect with the players because you know, yeah, Justin do. Bean kind of that big fan yeah. favorite, and then they had that giant Numish Keda yeah. oh, yeah. cardboard cutout. I don't know what that. That was awesome. That's I brought it out at halftime in Nevada. I think there was yeah. like eight different hinges on that thing because yeah. his arms, yeah. I think, extended across the whole yeah. baseline. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah it just wasn't just winning. It was the fact that you had a, a very connectable team and a lot of lovable guys. Yeah. And it's not too much longer till all starts back up again. Nope. We'll be going in uh, July, August, September. So about two and a half months. It's yeah. pretty crazy. And we're going hard right now. I mean, we get done. Yeah. I think August 7th is our last um, day of workouts, and the guys will be able to go home for uh two and a half weeks or so and then kind of get back on it and full steam ahead for six months that's awesome so, i know it people is great. are excited awesome so and we're, we're excited to have you on the program all right Appreciate perfect it, man coach. thanks for having me love yeah. to do it Thank again you. sometime yeah. all right we'll have to do it again with, with some new chairs yeah yes yeah, <laughs> new chairs then maybe we'll, we'll get you like a rider i'll get you some <laughs> treats on there or something go aggies baby <laughs> all right thanks